1: There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting, too much noise altogether. In silence, there's strength and peace and space. Imagine, silent
0: forever.
1: The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. Prost is a not for profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and
0: USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world, and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com, and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think.
2: November 11, 11 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars,
0: we remember... Welcome to the the Penis Penis Project podcast. Today we have Pillay, not his real name, and we'll tell you why we're calling him Pillay shortly. Um, Pillay is a 16-year-old boy who was concerned about... or actually he's a 16-year-old young man Mm -hmm. who was concerned about decreased blood flow to one side only of his penis. It happened after he developed COVID a few days later. So I first saw him back in August and he had had COVID in the very end of April and he was not very sick at all. He had a sore throat and other than that, he was pretty good. He tested positive and about three days later when he was at home with not much else to do, waiting for school to go back, go back to school, he had decreased blood flow on the left side of his penis and he woke one day with a lot of pain at the base and it kind of felt floppy and hard at the same time, which is a strange thing that you've heard Joe talk about in the past called probably hard flaccid syndrome. Um, He also said that when he got an erection, it wasn't the same and he felt like he'd lost length in his penis. He was still able to have an orgasm, but he had a lot of pain. And the ache in the base was there for a couple of weeks. Fortunately, Pillay has an amazing relationship with his parents and he spoke to them about it. And told them and they contacted their doctor and he was referred to a urologist who then sent him on to visit me. So at my first meeting with him, he had a lot of pelvic pain and he was very firm in the perineum, which is the bit of skin under the testicles and goes back to the anus. And he'd also stopped waking with morning erections, which understandably when you're a young man, this is pretty stressful. It's pretty stressful when you're an old man, even more stressful when you're a young man. Um, And he'd actually measured his penis and anyone who says they haven't is probably lying because I'm sure most of you listening have measured your penis Mm -hmm. at some stage. And he said that it was about an inch smaller straight after. And then, (laughs) whoopsie-daisy, phone (laughs) ringing, bad one. Um, And then, so he was concerned. So obviously he came in and after this first meeting I also referred him to Joe Milios, the physio, because it was straight away, as soon as I hear pelvic pain, I think what we need is Joe on the job as well. So today we're talking to Pillay and he is going to tell us all about what happened, how he felt and how he's going now. And it's a long time later. We're now recording this in February and this all started back in April the previous year. So welcome, Pillay, and welcome, Joe. Sweet. Thanks for having
2: me on. It's good. Good vibes. This is so
0: brave of you to come on. I'm so impressed with you. The youngest person we've ever had.
2: (laughs) Yeah. pleasure to be on. Thank you.
1: Well... I'm going to say Melissa. You need to practice how to say Pele. Okay. How it's do you say Pele? Pe- Pele is the greatest soccer player of all time. Right. Pele.
0: How would I you would say it?
2: Yeah, I'd say Pele.
0: Pele. Now, yeah, why Pelé. did we choose this yeah. name? Tell us, tell us Pele. Why did we choose him?
2: <laughs> oh, we basically just came up with it on the spot. <laughs>
0: But who is Pelé?
2: Pelé's like one of the greatest football players of all time. What's
0: and when we say it? football, we're talking about soccer, soccer aren't oh yeah, we? Well, this is very yeah. sporting. Yes. <laughs> Not right. yeah, the well, only yeah. sports I know about are water ones. I'm had you heard of Pelé Antoine. before? No. Oh, no. Okay. 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 So, right. so you play <laughs> soccer, don't you? Yeah. So that's why we chose him, hey? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yep. So tell us what happened. Like, tell us your story. Yeah.
2: So um, I never like really uh, ever had problems with this to be honest, so it was, it came as quite a shock at the time, which definitely caused a lot of anxiety, which definitely led into, led into this. But, um, yeah, so you basically covered it all in the intro, to be honest. Um, just, I got, I woke up one day with, uh like, the second day of having COVID, and uh everything was just, everything wasn't right. Yeah. Everything was wrong.
0: So w- it was like your old friend that usually wake up in the morning who's standing to attention just wasn't doing uh, his was, thing.
2: Yeah, wasn't it. That day wasn't happening.
0: And how did you feel? That must have been a shock
2: it was scary. Yeah. It was definitely scary. Yeah.
0: And so then did you go straight to your mum and dad and tell them what was happening or did you sit on it for a couple of days?
2: Yeah, they only sat on it for a couple of days. Like I didn't really say much for like a few days but then sort of the nerves and every every morning I woke up, everything just wasn't the same. So I had to say something to my parents. Did you start
1: Googling it? Did you start yeah, looking? definitely. 100%. And what did you find when you read and did it scare you?
2: Yeah, that was um the forums... It was, a, it was a bit of a whirlpool. So I uh, went on there um, to see, you know, I started Googling what could be going on and uh, um, it like really quite dark things.
0: Mm. So tell yeah. me, what words did you put into Google?
2: Well, I just put in um, basically, I can't remember at the time what I put in but it definitely led me straight away to like hard flaccid syndrome. Did it? Yeah. That oh, a that's good. Um,
1: yeah. So you must have put yeah. hard penis or something. And pain yeah. or something like that.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'll answer that. Because yeah. actually
1: there's only been one paper in 2019, which was the first ever research paper and it was a case study series of four. So mm. someone had noticed yep. this and then bit of pain, But not many doctors or others have ever heard of it. In fact, they don't believe it even exists.
2: That's right, yeah. Did you
1: – so you spoke to your parents. So then one happened. What was the next bit of the puzzle? So
2: the next bit was going to the GP, um, and that he was um, he was pretty confused about the whole situation. He'd never faced anything like this, Um, so just being a general practitioner, he just referred me straight away to a urologist.
0: And then you didn't see the urologist, did you? He just sent you to me. Is that
2: right? No, I I saw him. Yeah, I saw him him. twice actually.
0: Cool. Yeah. And how did he manage
1: it? What What did he do for you?
2: He. Well, physically, physical examination. I mean, he noted that it, it was, it wasn't like he believed that me that it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. But he he didn't see anything like alarmingly wrong. Like okay. he sent me for an MRI and a MRI of my pelvis, my penis, and um, well, everything came back like reasonably normal. So he wasn't super alarmed.
1: And what about you? How did you feel when they when it, when they said it was all normal? Was that a relief? or yeah. we were like. Oh, there's shot. no answer.
2: Yeah, there's no answer. I was, that's how I was feeling. Was so the doctors
1: feeling. say, yeah. you don't have a problem.
2: Yeah, basically that's what he said. Yeah. Well, he not a problem that that he could identify.
0: But he did believe you, to his credit, that he you did. had a problem because yeah. he then wrote to me in that and in that letter he said that like it wasn't obvious on the MRI or Good. anything yeah. what was going on, but you was no problem he could help with, but maybe. it wasn't something you could help with. Yeah, but he I, did yeah. it did say that it was an issue that he had pain at the base of his penis and that it felt a bit different and he also did acknowledge that you weren't getting morning erections which is unusual for a 16-year-old man. Yeah. So um he did 100% believe you and send you on it was just not something he'd seen before. Yeah, basically. And also yep.
1: it's a good thing that the doctors can't find something
0: that's nasty
1: like a cancer testicular right. cancer. Yep. So you actually do something called ruling out so your GP Well, you did the right thing. You talked to your parents. You went to the GP. The GP said, "Mm, this is something I've not seen before. Send you to the urologist who's the penis doctor, urology doctor. That guy says, let's check this, this and this. Let's just see if there's something really nasty and there wasn't. So in one way, it's quite a relief. But if you're a patient who still have symptoms, it's not so.
0: No, that's right. So, how did you feel when you were told you had to come and visit a sexologist? That's got to be a, it's a scary thing for most very older fifteen-year-old boys. So, yeah. for a sixteen-year-old boy, I imagine he was that's pretty at the time. fifteen. So, yeah. how did you feel?
2: A bit nervous. Yeah. A bit nervous. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like maybe it's just going to be the same conclusion, really. I didn't know what to expect. That's because I—that's it, really.
0: Were I'm your parents sure. supportive of coming along?
2: Yeah, f- definitely. Great. Because I was pretty open with them from the start about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: They were great. And your mum's yeah. a nurse, isn't she? Which I think helps it. It's probably things like, topics like this are probably talked about at the dinner table more often than most houses, would Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I know when you came in with her and with your dad, they were both really open about it. Mm-hmm. So it was 100%. good. 100%. Yep. So, and how did it affect you? Like, as a 15-year-old boy, I'm assuming you wanted to like, you know, approach other people that you found attractive and did that deter you because you were worried it wasn't all going to work properly?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Like I lost a lot of confidence. Mm. Like even yeah, about confidence about confidence about the future as well. Yeah. Like I was just
1: tell us more about that. Like maybe fatherhood or, or yeah. marriage and all yeah, that. Yeah, all
2: that. To be honest, because I thought, mm. well, I've been to I've been to a urologist and he says nothing wrong, but it's just everything's not working right. Yeah, how is this going to affect me in the future? Really,
0: mm. and when you um masturbated it was painful wasn't it
2: yeah it was yeah
0: yeah no one wants a painful erection that's, that's right. supposed to yep. be fun not painful mm-hmm. <laughs> yep so when you came to see me that day we did a couple of things didn't we i had a feel of it and it did definitely feel kind of it and it, i think it's a really difficult to explain it kind of felt sort of woody on the inside but squishy on the outside yeah, that's it yeah and it was also if i remember correctly kind of Standing a bit more than it would normally when it was flaccid because it was kind of hard at the base. Is that right? Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And so, do you remember what I did for you that day? What What did we decide to do that day?
2: Yeah, I'm th- I'm thinking back a bit.
0: Um, I started you on some meds. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So we went we went straight to the, the micro dosing. Yeah, of to that
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So what we decided to because it's a really difficult thing because you know we hadn't really seen any of this much before COVID, and there was we had seen it before from people who were using various penis pumps in an odd way, but not not as not often. Not as
1: a cause being COVID.
0: No, and so it was such a coincidence that. You know, I had been reading on online forums myself where there's sexologists and physios and things talking about this, that there's a lot of this happening overseas. But because in Australia we hadn't had that much COVID yet, um, yeah, I hadn't really seen... I'd only seen another couple of cases like you. And so we... All we knew was is that we could go for low-dose tadalafil. We didn't want to give you too much because you're young. And, mm-hmm. and so... Yeah. And I also gave you some herbal things that... Um, yep. Anti-inflammatories like curcumin and things like that yep. to start breaking it down... And then in a short space of time... Can I just I, ask what hmm. the purpose of those were for? Why did you
1: prescribe them? Because
0: curcumin is an amazing anti-inflammatory and because it's a herbal one, it doesn't have the same effects as synthetic ones, doesn't have the same upset stomach and reflux yep. and things like that. And there's evidence that arginine and cartine with um, Peroni's disease, which is scaric tissue in it, actually does really well at breaking down that hardness. Mm-hmm. So... Since the best I had was to compare it to Peroni's, my mm. logical thinking was let's treat it that way and also I had seen on online forums with people in the same profession as me overseas that they'd been using Peroni's protocols to treat this. So that was how I decided to go. Yep. And then I gave you a call in a week and tell me what happened soon after you started taking those medications.
2: Oh, i definitely seen an improvement 100% within the first week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say I'd say like even close to fifty percent improvement. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. away. So
1: the medication, in my interpretation, it was helping to relax the pelvic floor, get the blood flow, mm-hmm. get the drainage, the tissue drainage, the tissue, the inflammation removing, because mm-hmm. it's prescribed for lower lower urinary tract symptoms as well. Yeah, that's Could right. You? Kind of explain the mechanism of what Cialis would be
0: doing there. It's a smooth muscle relaxant. And so as a smooth muscle relaxant, it was helping relax. But it was also improving the like opening up the blood vessels so you've got more blood flow in. And I think then it's a catch-22 because when you are anxious about something not working, then you're probably drawing in on your pelvis and mm-hmm. making your pelvic floor even tighter. Yeah.
1: So I've had some patients go on Cialis and it's too much and they get more pain. Mm. So it's really delicate, isn't it? Yeah. So
0: because of um, Pillay's age, I halved the normal dose because mm. I was really concerned it was going to be too strong. That was clever, Dr. Melissa. And, and Nurse <laughs> Melissa. Yes, Melissa. <laughs> And so we did that and then I said you really need to book in and go and see Joe because this, I just knew inherently that this pelvic floor felt really tight when I felt his perineum mm. and so then you went off and saw Joe and she found another amazing discovery, didn't you, Joe? Well, I always want to know the cause
1: and it's not okay to wake up one day with this problem. So mm. tell us about what your COVID experience was. We've got to join the dots. What, what, how sick were you with COVID? Because so this happened within two, three days of getting yeah, COVID, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, so
2: within like three, two or three days of um, testing positive. Um, oh, I had a, I had a, I had a little bit of a cough, but it mainly was sore throat um, and a little, just an average fever. Yeah, because you didn't really thing. feel that unwell with COVID, no, did you? Which
0: made this even more distressing for yeah. you. Did you ever yeah. have, have a cough?
2: Yeah, a bit of a cough, yeah. A b- but a, a strong
1: hacking of? cough or a persistent cough, <laughs> a dry cough or a wet cough?
2: I mean, I had the occasional cough, but it was it was a heavy cough on occasion.
1: How long do you reckon
0: um, the cough was there for?
2: for um, um, not long, I don't think. A few
0: days? A few days, yeah. I'm just looking cough. back on your notes.
1: Because if cough, as a physiotherapist tells me a lot, if it's a dry cough, it means that you haven't got like an active mucus type thing in you, like a pneumonia. Mm. But a dry cough, you have to... ...push quite hard to get something like stuck in your throat out. So that's doing a lot of work for the pelvic floor. So Mm -hmm. it can fatigue your pelvic floor. And I think the COVID cough is actually quite a dry persistent cough... ...like a 100K cough can be.
0: Yeah. So when I first talked to you that day... ...and it was closer because it's hard to remember way back then... um, ...he actually said that he had a dry cough... ...which was quite heavy for two or three days... ...and then it went. So you keep going now. So...
1: With Melissa's detailed description, that kind of... We're going to call it hard flaccid syndrome now. You also had pain more on one side or changes to the penis more on one side. Could you just explain what that looked like and how you felt when you saw that?
2: Yeah. So um, and that was definitely uh, a cause for concern. Um, I don't know really how to describe it like with words... Do you want me to
0: describe it because I felt
2: it? Yeah, for sure. Okay.
0: So when I palpated, so that's basically a fancy word for feeling, the side of the penis, if like you could actually feel that on the left-hand side of the corpora cavernosa, it wasn't as meaty.
1: Corpora cavernosa is one of the channels down the... Yeah. One side of the penis. It just
0: wasn't as meaty as on the other side, which was what really concerned meaty. me. So it didn't feel as dense. Yeah. yeah. And that is what I feel sometimes when I feel Peyronie's and it's like…
1: See, I feel the opposite. It's usually more dense, more hard, losing the elasticity.
0: So, but when meaty. you have like… So when you have the wine glass Peyronie's, yep. you know how the there's, there's like the indentation and it's like some of that tissue is actually like yep, gone. Yep. That's what it felt down on the left-hand side… ...of your shaft but not on the right. There was a difference in the texture. Yeah.
1: And do you remember when it was erect... ...if that looked different? Um, Between the left and the right?
2: I mean it it did but I mean...
1: Melissa felt it different. It was a bit sore for you but did it look different? Because Peronies is... Curvature or physical deformity, and mm. that's the first thing people see, not necessarily with pain. Yeah. this is where hard is different the more common thing or
0: Yeah, so what you told me, Pele, that day was mm-hmm. when because I asked you that question, and you said it didn't look any different, it was still straight, there was no curvature, but you definitely measured it and it had lost length. Yeah, yeah. and it did feel hard all the way around at the base, mm-hmm. but then there was kind of like this. Divot on the left side. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: that's it.
1: It's all coming back to you now. Hopefully you've been uh, able to forget about it. A little
2: bit, yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, so again the cause. I went, hmm, I've had my colleague Darren Brown, episode 47, um, comment about this. And we've seen research papers from June 2020 that actually COVID is a cardiovascular virus and it can affect every endothelial cell in the body, including erectile function. It's very established now. So I knew straight away that you're legit. Um, yep. No problem there. I knew what hard flaccid was. But still the cause, the cause, the cause. And I got you to show me. We wanted, I wanted to check your pelvic floor and my ultrasound. But as you lift up your T-shirt, I saw this big ridge, red ridge across your tummy. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so. It was
1: about 10 centimetres wide and about long. Yeah. And three centimetres deep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's actually something that I sort of had Um. Post-recovery of a hernia surgery my stomach.
1: So the hernia surgery, you're so young. Why did you have that? What happened there?
2: Um, I had a, I think it was a para um uh, hernia. Did that, something
1: yeah. that happened as a kid or? Yeah,
2: it, um, it happened when I turned, when I actually, on my birthday, when I turned 14.
1: What were you doing on that day? Because you must have been having fun on your birthday.
2: Oh, no, that's when I had the surgery. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, I had this. What I, caused the hernia? I, I was playing golf, uh, golf two years before beforehand. Yeah, wow. and I picked up my golf bag full of golf clubs and I just felt a tear in my stomach.
1: And then it? was, did it, was it protruding? Like was it sticking out?
2: Um, it wasn't, but it could be felt.
1: And was that painful?
2: It was. Remember? Yeah, it yep. was
1: definitely. So then you went along happily and thought, great, I'm having this surgery. And how long, ago, how long before COVID was the surgery? So you got COVID, but I'm just wondering time frames, how it all matches up. Do you reckon that was six months before you got COVID or longer?
2: Um I think it was a year. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now what happened in that year, because you were only 15 when I saw you in a podcast people can't see you, but you're very tall and lean. Yeah. And you had a big growth spurt, mm-hmm. didn't That's you? That's right, yeah. Puberty. Yep. Puberty. Yep. So what happened then was this scar tissue got stretched and actually you had this big red mark. Yeah. I couldn't believe it because I started yeah. massaging, massaging and what happened?
2: Oh, it lost a lot of its coloration once we started It massaging. disappeared. It disappeared, yeah. It was
1: like it just opened up the blood flow and all the tightness went. And I correlated that because it's right across the midline, mm-hmm. abdominal muscle tension. And then if you've got tight abdominals from a scar and you're growing, everything keeps trying to stretch. Yeah. There was no room to move. No. So then you had your COVID, you started coughing. And your pelvic floor then had to get hammered <laughs> yeah. by the downward compression yeah. of the coughing, but the scar tissue in the abdomen was actually the, the crux of everything as to why that even happened.
0: Because yeah. if you've
1: never had that, I don't think you would have had the penile
0: problem. Yeah. So does that really, make sense? Yeah, so that does. it's kind of yeah. a combination of the COVID with the, the previous hernia, yeah. which you hadn't noticed. So really, yeah. perhaps. It wasn't really the COVID at all. It could have b- it happened. It was a perfect storm. It could have happened yeah, with any kind of cough. You I did. Previously, oh, okay. yeah. So it could really, could that have happened then, Joe, if he just had influenza and a cough Absolutely. or bronchiolitis? Absolutely.
1: It was just because he'd grown so much and there was no room to move. It was such a, it was really weird. It was like a keloid scar without the keloid. Mm. It was so obvious. I said, what's that? And you go, oh, that's my hernia repair from last year. And I'm like. Wow, that's massage that out. And I taught him um, Pele self-massage techniques. And so that if he ever had a time again in the future where he had this sudden onset, he could manage it. And that's exactly what happened. So off you went for two weeks. After one session, Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of ultrasound on the penis, um, taught you some pelvic floor exercises. I noted his pelvic floor was hardly moving. So I did some relaxation stuff. So it
0: was really tight, his yep. pelvic floor. So that was why when I was palpating his perineum, yep. it felt really tight. So
1: like any muscle, it should have normal range of movement and mm-hmm. it should be able to hold and elevate for about 10 seconds. His was weak and could hold for three seconds. Mm-hmm. So it was stiff and weak. And that, I feel, blocks the gateway to normal blood flow. Mm-hmm. And it is normal that we have a difference between the left and the right. So the fact that it was on the left side, probably just had a tighter hamstring, tighter lumbar spine on the left, It's really possible to have the pudendal nerve that provides that. Well, we're just not perfect between one side and the other. Mm. So what do you think of my my
0: interpretations there?
1: Yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah, Mm. it's on point.
0: So -hmm. you were feeling... And then I saw you a couple of weeks later and you were like... With the combination of the medicine that we'd given you and the exercise. Which exerc- was already
1: 50% better, he'd said. Yeah. yeah. And
0: the exercises. You were like 99% back to normal then. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. In just a couple of weeks? No, no. All oh. in all by that stage, you were about six weeks. By the yeah. time okay, he'd done all of that. Because within two you. weeks
1: of seeing me, I saw him twice, once, twice in one week really. A mm. Monday and a Monday. hmm but then I said, go away for two weeks and see how you go. Because he was doing so well. He said, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But then you went and played pool. Tell us about when you played pool.
2: Yeah, so. Um, pool, table, pool. Pool, table, pool. Um, and uh, everything was going well. I was doing the, all the exercise massage and everything. Um, but I leant over a pool table to take a shot. And I felt uh, a tear and a burning sensation in my
0: stomach. Where was that? Like it, where your, your belly button is or yeah, above yeah. it? What, what the where the are, scar tissue was on? again. Yep. Right, okay.
2: Yeah, so that was um that was pretty bad.
1: And what happened to so your symptoms had been ninety five percent better or something. Yeah, and yeah, what 100%. happened straight away?
2: Uh all the symptoms came back.
0: Including uh, were you still waking? But you were still waking with morning erections. Yeah, weren't yeah, you? it was. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. just was you felt that hardening at the base again, yep. and 100%. and did you feel pain again?
1: He He said it's all back. He was like grief-stricken, it's all back. I thought it was gone, it's all back. I said, did you do the tummy massage again? And you said no. No, I didn't. So then I said, do that again. It's it's from Amy Stein's book called Healing Pelvic Pain and Abdominal Pain Without Surgery. She's a wonderful physio from New York. And this book's about 15 bucks on Amazon. It's written in 2011. Amy Stein, S-T-E-I-N. It's all about chronic pelvic pain syndromes in men and women. She has something called the ILU massage which is I love you but it's following the visceral organs. You go up the ascending colon across the transverse and down the descending colon and you then follow that. You do three deep muscular strokes as hard as you can tolerate and you'll find little trigger points along the way. Do you remember that when I did that to you? Did you squirm?
2: I did. Yeah, I did.
1: Was it painful? It was, yeah. And what I was basically doing was just removing adhesions in muscles, a tight muscle. Then I taught you to do that yourself. Did you do it? I did. And I did, did it help?
2: It did. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Every day. I did it.
1: Now, what's actually happened is something quite beautiful here. You've had another flare up.
0: What yeah, happened I've recently? Well, wait a minute before we get back to the right. other flare up. So. You were doing really great yep. and I saw you in January mm-hmm. this year yep. and we decided that it was time to – that, you know, you're a young, healthy man. Oh, sorry, we need
1: to time out for a second. Oh. He actually forgot to do the pel- the tummy muscles exercises completely. He'd given away the whole program because he didn't need it. Yeah, uh, that's right, And that yeah. then yep. he's come today and said he's had another flare-up and he's forgotten to do the ILU massage.
0: Right, okay. So he's going to start doing that. Yeah, we got – and that. we'll
1: do one more session with you. But then yeah. Melissa wants to ask you about her bits. Yeah,
0: yeah because when I saw you in January, yeah. it was everything was going well because it was before this last yeah. um, flare-up mm-hmm. and I was like, it's time to rip the Band-Aid off. You don't need Something. these yeah. pills anymore. Yeah. But you felt really anxious about that, didn't you? Because you feel like they're the thing that's making it all work. And yeah. I'm concerned yeah. that I don't want you to be taking pills for the rest of your life at such a young age. So yeah. I feel like... With the pelvic floor release and everything now, you're ready to trust your body's going to do the right thing. And that was quite anxiety-inducing for you, hasn't it?
2: It was. Yeah, because yeah. I felt like um, they it all just basically saved me really. Yeah. Not?
0: yeah. But, but so. really the thing that probably saved you is all the muscle release and it's probably yeah, a true. combination, yeah. you it's know. It's always a combination.
1: Yeah. Like it's actually you, number one, seeking the help. Imagine if you are a kid that couldn't talk to his mum... Mm. And you were feeling really sad and desperate about it. And you boys don't talk. Men yeah, don't talk. Yep. So imagine if you are all on your own and you didn't get any help.
2: Mm, yeah. Pretty tough, huh? Yeah, tough. I just so you're I'm you're like the most your important spike, person yeah, in the team. You're understand. like Pelé.
1: You're the champion yeah, for you. <laughs> saying, hey, I'm a little bit worried about this mum. Yeah. to your mum's a nurse. She goes, yeah, I'm a bit worried about it too. She acknowledged mm-hmm. you. Yep. You went to a doctor and every single one of them said, yep. Yep, yep, there's something wrong here. Not something super bad, but we don't even understand. So we're going to take a look and try yep. some different things. Which And
0: then so it's really a combination of the medicine and the exercises. Mm. So what we've done now is we've reduced them, haven't we, to just half a tablet twice a week. Yep, we have, yeah. And until you had this recent flare-up a few days ago, which we'll get to mm. now, mm. how's it been going just on that twice-a-week dose? Still good?
2: Yeah, still pretty, de- pretty decent, I'd say. So. Great. Yep. Have Excellent. you ever forgotten
1: to take the tablet?
2: I
0: have. I say in my,
1: all my patients, if they forget to put their consonants pad in, they're cured. Because it goes from the front of your head, that's a worry, to the back. Yeah. And when you start forgetting about it, it's when you don't need it anymore.
2: Okay, yep. I haven't experienced that yet. But,
1: but you have forgotten yeah. already. You have taken forgotten already day. You're so halfway yeah, That's I mean, true, yeah. Again, it actually means you're fixed. Your body said, okay. you can yeah. turn off the fire alarm now. Mm-hmm. We're sorted. Yep. But you can actually fix yourself again if you ever get a flare-up. How?
0: So wait a minute. You got a flare up. What did you do this time to get the that's flare up? What, that's yeah, okay. What, yeah. Here
2: we go. Um, so I was playing. Him. <laughs> I was playing soccer, a six-a-side match, and I was playing striker. Um, and I basically was running at the same time. I went to take a shot. Uh, shot on goal. On goal.
0: Did you did you get kick the goal? Pelé.
2: We, we got a goal. We got a <laughs> goal. We made it.
0: How many days ago was this?
2: Oh, I'd say this is this is probably a week ago. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um and. Well, I didn't immediately feel anything too bad, but maybe the f- the following hours after the match, and especially the next day, um, I had really bad like, nerve pain in my groin, um, sort of tingling. And
0: how did it feel across that tight bit where you had the hernia repair? Did that yeah. feel tight again? Yeah, it was tight
2: again, yeah.
0: Right, and then you haven't – I mean, you were coming in today, so we haven't – Joe and I haven't known about this yet. And when you told Joe when you walked in the room today, what did she say?
2: Um, She said – I mean, this is something we can work on straight away, basically.
0: And did you say, she said, I heard her say, have you done the massage? <laughs> That's
2: right, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you said no, because no, no. you forgot about it. Yeah, I yeah. Because you didn't even need it anymore. That's
2: right, <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's like putting a Band-Aid on again. Yeah. If you, like, had a scab and you picked at it too much, you'd start bleeding again, right? Yeah. But over time you would stop picking it because you yeah. think, oh, I've got to keep wearing this Band-Aid. Yeah. So it would heal, but if you c- Scratch yourself again in the same spot. You'd go, oh, put a Band-Aid on. You, you'd less give yourself the your own medicine. So Melissa's trying to say, you don't actually need the drug medicine. You just need to do a massage on yourself.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: but right. you've got the tablet as a backup.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. I
1: said to my patients, use the pad in your pocket, not in your pants, to leak. Mm-hmm. You can have a script there if you ever feel like you need it. Even if you're on a date and you're nervous, you could certainly... Well, I will not going to too that much in no, education. But, but, n- but it's a backup yeah. plan that you yeah. don't actually need. But that's, that's a safety net for you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is, yeah. But you don't need it. I reckon all we need to do now is we need to get these…
1: ILU massage yep. going
0: again. Exactly. But the
1: thing is I think you're probably still growing as well. Yeah. Ma- ha- guys keep growing to their 20, don't they?
0: 25 some men. That's, wow. that's late. But yeah, most early 20s they can still grow a little bit more. But even some 25.
1: Mm. You know what we need to do? A mm. foam roller. I think I might have told you that, did yeah, I? Yeah, I think I
0: mentioned mm-hmm. it. So you you if you
1: roll before. out your tummy before mm-hmm. every game... Yep. ...every time you want to leap and do the Palais move... Yep. You, ...you've got more stretch. Yeah. And until you keep going, you keep getting these little micro tears. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's also going to be even more important for you... ...because you've had a hernia repair... ...you've got like a bit of basket in there... So you're, you know, it's uh, it's not uncommon for men who have hernia repairs or women for that matter to feel like they've got little adhesions every now and then and a little bit of that. So that mm. is might be an ongoing thing for you that you just have to keep maintaining. Like yep. all of these women who have had given birth to big babies need to keep doing pelvic floor exercises so they don't need to wear nappies. Yeah. So yep. I think this is just like ongoing maintenance, like brushing your teeth for you. Like you mm. need to bring it into your life doing this massage. Yeah, we
2: need to be a routine.
0: Yeah. Probably. So in summary, I'm thinking that the inflammation from COVID, the hernia repair and the coughing all together have made this perfect storm where you haven't been getting enough blood flow into your penis. Yeah. And then because he hasn't been getting enough blood flow, we notice this kind of hardening at the base and then that sort of divot, which is gone now, isn't it? Like that's all rebuilt yeah. back and yeah. all good. I've got
1: something very important to share with you. We've chosen the name Pele because <coughs> he's a very important Soccer player, but it says Pele was a Brazilian on Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. professional footballer who played as a forward, regarded as one of the greatest players of all time and labelled the greatest ever player by FIFA. In 1999 he was named the athlete of the century. Now I'm going to name you, young Pele, as the greatest podcast participant or guest we've ever had and the athlete of our... (laughs) Century. I'm going on a bit, but That's you're right. so brave. Thank you. And I know Pele would have to be, and he only just passed away and yep. on 29th of December 22. So mm-hmm. um, his real name was Edson Rantis do Nascimento, nicknamed Pele.
0: So my takeaway from Thanks. today is if any young men are listening and you have a penis problem, please go and see your doctor or talk to your parents about it. Yep. And... I'm quite sure Pelé will agree. Are you glad you went and didn't just sit on this yourself?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we took quick action. Mm. And
0: yeah, there's and that beneficial. is the best thing. You know, the sooner you get onto these things, the better help that we can all give you.
1: And my brother has is a surgeon. He says a stitch-in's time saves nine. <laughs> there, yeah. there, you there you go.
0: So I think that is hats off to you for being able to do that. Hats off for your parents for creating a place that is obviously safe for you to talk about this absolutely. stuff. Yep. Absolutely, It's hard to be a parent. Yep, yeah. very hard. We both know but that. But your,
1: your parents did a great job because look what you could do when you needed help. You That's went right. to them and they, you could trust them and they…
0: And the biggest takeaway I think is that we're all in control of our own destiny and mm-hmm. now that you have the tools to fix this problem in the future because you know what it is, so now it's just about you keeping on top of it. That's right.
1: And I've got one more question. Have you told any mates about this as a 16-year-old boy?
2: Actually, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why why would it
1: be? Because we're we girls who talk about everything. Yeah. So what what what's the barrier here oh,
2: for you? I feel like this kind of issue is not really something that anyone at my my age could be able to relate to. They wouldn't. I feel like this is like a more especially the like erectile dysfunction. It's definitely a more like the older age kind of thing. So I haven't really like ha- I actually haven't had the nerve to mm-hmm. tell my mates about it.
1: Well, I'll let you know that hard vest syndrome is common between fifteen and thirty five. It's a young man's yeah. problem, not an old man's yeah. problem. Yeah. So we we'll call this hard flaccid syndrome. Right. And it's new. But one in ten guys in their lifetime will also get a bend in their penis. That's ten percent. Mm. So if you if you've got ten mates around, there's one other. If you've got twenty mates around, there's two. Mm. We need to know let guys know it's normal. Yep. A girl, a female gets a period every month mm-hmm. for forty years. And if there's one time where it's a bit different, we straight away talk to our girlfriends, our mums or our sisters about it. Yep. So what we need to do is make sure that guys know it's okay to say, "Hey, this happened to me." So if you, but there's lots of help out there. Just say, "One of your other friends got kicked in the nuts playing soccer, and you saw mm. him drop to the ground." Yeah. Does it? Is it a bit of a joke? Does anyone ever say, "How's your nuts?"
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You say 100%. that? Yeah. Well, I don't mean, I don't say, but yeah, but the conversation bit, would it gets continue? It's a bit rowdy and it's a bit of a joke.
1: Would it continue after the the game or only yeah. at the time?
2: Oh, it might. Yeah,
1: it can. And how do you do? You talk to one another like, "Oh, blue balls." You give each other a name or something. I don't yeah,
2: it's just like, yeah, just asking, "How's it going after?" or something That's a joke. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah but um.
1: How can we help <sighs> it change? Do you think so? You feel more comfortable to yeah. talk to your mates about this?
2: Um, I think I'm just gonna have to go ahead and nurse to nurse really and talk about it. Um, but obviously, men in general have to talk more about themselves. Yeah. Yep. Like just like how they're doing. Um. ...emotionally but also physically as well. And
1: I think this is the biggest thing. We talk about mental health, mental mental health... ...but yeah. how do we get to mental health problems or mental ill health? It's by having often a physical problem. Yeah. yeah. And we, I'm sick of talking about mental health. Why mop up the damage when we can prevent the damage? Yeah,
0: that's it. That's I mean much right. yeah. pretty much most well of on. the consults that we've had together... ...we've talked about your mental health, haven't we? But yeah. the mental health yeah. we've talked about is because of how the physical health... And is what okay. are we, Melissa? We're
1: a nurse... And a physio. a physio is a physical therapist. A nurse is a everything therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but we know. keep talking about mental health. It's okay to talk about mental health. Mm. Are you okay? Why can't we say my penis hurts?
0: Yeah. And because of that, yeah. my head's hurting too. Yep. Spinning me out.
1: My big head and my little head are not happy. <laughs> mm.
0: So I also think that you know, if you haven't already, I think maybe you should name your penis Pile. Now he can be Pile for the rest no, of your life. No, she keeps
1: getting it wrong. She's right. co- now saying Pile. What is his name? Pele. 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 That's Pele. All
0: right. <laughs> right. Okay. I really You know,
1: even Dipper last week we interviewed Dipper. You know Dipper, Big Dipper. He's awesome. he played the 1989 Grand Final. See, he doesn't with a know punch right. lung. That's because he plays
0: real football. It's true but 1989 is a
1: long time ago before this boy was a seed in even his mum's ovary. (laughs) But Dipper said, Dipper said Mm -hmm. that he played with punctured lungs and five (sighs) broken rigs in the 1989 grand final. He got poleaxed by the god of AFL, Gary Ablett, chased him down. But Dipper got up again and he played and he won that grand final between Geelong Mm -hmm. and then I said to him, Dipper, I saw in the newspaper last month that you were going to the toilet 60 to 80 times a day, twenty every 20 minutes at night. That's 25 minutes. Was there ever a bloke that tapped you on the shoulder and said, Dipper, you're going to the toilet a bit too often? He said, no. Nah. And I said, you know, you developed something called urinary retention where your blood pretty much was about to explode in the middle of the night because your prostate was so big and you're in so much pain. He goes, oh, yeah, that pain was worse than any pain that I ever played in football. He was... ...a 1986 Brownlow medalist. He's also in the Players of the Century. He's even been on Celebrity Get Me Out of Here.
0: But the yeah. message there is he also didn't tell his mates. So even when you get to that age it's hard. Yeah. So you need to lead the way there and start That's talking. Right. And the message is I'm exactly saying. that. Yep.
1: I said, how are you going now, Dipper, after you've been through this trauma? He goes, I'm great. I don't have prostate cancer. I piss like a 12-year-old but I just don't know when I'm going to piss. <laughs> and I said, but what does that actually mean? He goes, well, I've been on a big nappy. It's been eight months since his surgery... A big nappy and when I need to go to the loo, it just pfft, just warm and wet in my constant nappy. And I said, but Dipper, not one of my prostate cancer patients has that problem. And Chris Perkin, who was the Eagles physio sitting next to me, said, Dipper, did you get sent to the physio to help with that? It's pelvic floor exercise. He goes, yep. And I said, did you go, Dipper? He said, no. Nah. Oh, yeah. I said, why didn't you go, Dipper? He said, well, I'm a bloke that played footy. We weren't even allowed a glass of water back in the day. So now he's offered to be the ambassador of our podcast actually but also to help. He's already doing men's health work but he's 64. You're 16. Yeah. Look at what you're doing at your young age. And Dipper is the greatest guy too because he's so so popular. Everyone knows Dipper. And Dipper's like Pelé but Dipper has a big moustache. He's known as the Merv Hughes' football.
0: Everybody Mm -hmm. except me clearly.
1: Melissa doesn't know sports too well but I love sport and balls. And ball sports, I'm going on. But you know what? It's great that you at 16 and before that at 15 said, Mum and Dad,
0: I'm having a problem with my penis. And that's what the Penis Project mm-hmm. is all about. Yep. So congratulations for being brave enough to come in and chat about it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you, you. you get any more penis problems, make sure you come and say yes Because we're going to – we'll help you out. And if any of your mates get any penis problems, tell them. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so you're going to share this podcast with any of them? Do you reckon? I don't know. It's a Not hard sure. one, isn't it? It's is a hard
2: one, mm. but I feel like maybe like I might bring it up with some of my closest mates. You know, you can because
1: like say, through. you know, I've done this podcast, and they might learn something about their dad who's just been diagnosed with prostate cancer.
0: Especially mm. that it isn't really. It is a hard one now too. We've fixed it, so you don't have anything to be <laughs> yeah. ashamed of. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yep, it's true.
1: I think it's going to be about eight or nine percent of the population having this problem in their lifetime. So that's similar. One in eight or nine, one in ten or eleven guys. Yeah. It's not talked about. Even some doctors we've worked with initially been very dismissive, it doesn't exist, haven't they? Yeah. They have. There's actually a wonderful resource called the Hard Flaccid um, Syndrome Text. It's about a hundred page document that a guy who went through it put together and it's scientific. It is beautiful. Oh, well might we might try and track we'll that down. We'll track
0: that down and put it in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming in. Pelé. Did you I say it? Right? You got that's it. That's yes. Did you do okay? Yeah How's your soccer career Going for yourself
2: I only uh, scored a couple Goals in the season I so think I'm a little bit Washed We're going
0: to see you In the glory Perth glory <laughs> Probably not <laughs> 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 Alright Thanks heaps <laughs> for coming in Thank, Thank you, you I appreciate it Thank no you No worries It's been a pleasure
1: I'm going to tell you About a boy Who
2: lives inside me it has been there
1: of
0: my life. Hi, I'm Melissa and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder, if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penile Rehabilitation Program and you can start straight away or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye.
2: I've got a boy of my own now It fills me with pride To see him growing so fast into a man
1: Victories become mine